0: beautiful people and welcome to the mojo mecca podcast a hub for the exploration of ritual poetry plants and purpose we are here for the deepening of our relationship to the earth for the love of living in a sustainable way for the creation of a global network of minxes seeking more mojo for vulnerability for thriving and for joy Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful. Now let's dive into today's conversation. In this episode, I'm speaking to a beautiful sister, Rothio Graves. She is a photographer from the island of Mallorca with a passion for food as medicine, permaculture, gatherings and self-care ritual. Through this conversation, we dive into these things and also explore a deeper journey of self-understanding in all its highs and lows. We also speak about Rothio's experience of divorce and all of the evolution that came from that. Breathe, sink in and enjoy.
1: Well, I was born in in Mallorca, in Spain, 30 years ago uh, in a beautiful, really small village in the mountains. Uh, well it 's a village that has a beautiful mountain behind it and then the sea in front of it, so you have both and um, I was born into a a family of um, musicians and writers and artisans and um, it was a really it, it was a really beautiful community to be born into. Um, we all felt like family, you know, like uh, all my friends were like brothers and sisters. And um, the school I went to had maybe 30 um, children, children, boys and girls. So like in my year, there was four people, four of us. Mm -hmm. And And we had like the traditional curriculum but we also had cooking classes and yoga and um, like gardening that kind of thing so it was really it was a really nice mix of you know the normal traditional curriculum and then adding other things and it was just i I could say it was a beautiful beautiful childhood where we were it felt really safe for us to be on the streets you know even being barefoot or even naked on the streets and all the houses were opened we would never lock the the house or the car you know that kind of thing um and uh it was just beautiful (laughs) i don't know what else to say
0: Mm
1: mm-hmm um and I would say, generally speaking, from from the age that I went to high school, it started getting uh, difficult for me because I was very much a rebel. I never liked to be told what to do. And school was something I hated, like I didn't enjoy any bit of school or more like from high school so that was kind of a like a struggle like a long period of me struggling a bit with feeling really uncomfortable in the big school that I had to go to being bullied um super shy and just wanting it to be over you know that was my experience with um, high school, and then i I guess uh, in in my last year of high school when I was uh, i think sixteen or seventeen I must have been seventeen. I actually stopped going to class um, my My dad would drop me off we would drive like an hour from my village to the city, and he would drop me off and I would basically pretend I was going into the building, and as soon as he left, I would go into the bar and just stay in the bar or the what? cafe. Um. Mm. <laughs> and that that happened. That continued for like months, and they had no idea. Like I don't know how the system worked there, but no one told my parents that I wasn't attending class. So I um. I failed a a whole year uh, and then I had to repeat the whole year so I finished high school a year after uh, most of my friends and I had no interest in continuing to study because I just had had enough you know and I barely made it through high school so I then decided to have a gap year. My um, my parents were really encouraging me to do that, and I think I was the only one in my whole class that was given the option to do that. Um, everyone else was just being kind of forced into going to university, and um, there wasn't really that many options to choose from you know you could be like a psychologist or a teacher or be or you know there's just there wasn't that much um, of, um, to choose from so I decided to go to India I, I had been in India when I was 10 with my parents um, and I love that country so I went to India am I, am I going too deep into this <laughs>
0: No, I'm enjoying it. Keep going. So
1: I, I went to India when I was... Yeah, I must have been 18. I went to this beautiful farm run by Vandana Shiva. I don't know if you know her. She, has yes, my...
0: I've heard her speak before, actually, at a gathering. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So she... Her and her one of her best friends, Satish Kumar, have been... Coming to Mallorca once a year for like ten years to do this gathering um, that I was I was a part of since I was really young. So when I knew that they were offering this kind of uh, gap year program for students to to go there, I just went there. You know, I went on my own and I stayed in this farm for three months and. I became a nerd about farming and composting and like vermiculture and using cow's pee as, um, like, I don't know, as, um, what's it called? Pesti- yes. natural pesticides. Anyway, I became really, really interested in, in farming. And, um, but when I was there, there, there were these really, really, nice guys from the UK who were going to Cambridge and Oxford and they were so knowledgeable. You could talk to them about anything. They knew, they were just so, I don't know. They felt really not like um, knowledgeable and I felt like a complete ignorant. So I thought, shit, maybe I should, maybe I should go to university. Like I feel like at that time, It felt like not going to university was a really bad idea. So I ended up deciding to move to England and study human rights at university. Which uh, I feel like it wasn't the best decision. But whenever I say that, people in my friends and family always say, no, oh, but you, you learned so much and it was a really good experience and, you know, you shouldn't regret the past. I'm like, no, okay. But it just was really intense to study um, about genocide and that kind of, you know, that kind of thing for three years. It was really intense and it felt like there was nothing I could do about it. I felt really impotent. So, but I did that. I was there for three years. Uh, Again, feeling really out of place at uni with all the partying scene, and but I finished, and when I in my last year, uh, I found out that I could actually do photography for a semester, and I was like, "Oh my god how how did I not know that this existed? Like I had no idea you could study a degree in photography." Um, so I took the course. And as soon as I entered the classroom, I felt like I was home. Like I felt the people in that classroom were my people in a way. And they all seemed so happy and so like bubbly and creative. And I felt, wow, I've been missing out for these three years. I've been, you know, it's been so heavy and, and this feels so light. And I was barely... Um, getting my, uh, how do you say, like, passing my my tests. Mm -hmm. I I did photography, I got the highest mark that I have ever gotten, you know?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And I really enjoyed it. Um, And then, long story short, I moved back to Spain. Did a lot of jobs to pay rent that I really didn't enjoy. And um, I got really sick. That's when I got really sick, actually, with um, my thyroid completely went bonkers. And it was at a time when I was working this uh, office for a really small company selling ads for a magazine. So my job was to phone up people and sell ads that no one wanted to buy because the magazine to be honest was shit so, <laughs> so I to buy them and the day we were going to print every month there was these blank pages and my boss would be so mad at me and you know it was just horrible so i got i got diagnosed with this thyroid um thing uh, autoimmune condition and I was advised to quit my job and, you know, cut out all stress in my life. So I did that like that same day. I just went back and I said, I'm quitting, I'm leaving. And um, that was a whole journey, a whole process of trying different things and going back to India and trying Ayurveda and like trying to find my way, even though I was really familiar with alternative medicine and I had never been to the hospital before and, I had never been like vaccinated, never taken antibiotics, that kind of thing. I still, there was still a piece missing. Like I wasn't making the connection between my lifestyle and the food that I was eating and everything else. And it took a few years, actually, even though I spoke to my doctors, like I kept saying, oh, is there anything I can do to help this thyroid thing? You know, anything I can stop eating or anything I can start eating or anything I can do. And they would all say, you know, this has nothing to do um, with any of that. This is just something you have inherited and you're going to have to deal with this for the rest of your life. And I just believed that for a few years. And I was taking medicine every single day. Uh, and i kind of became comfortable with the idea of going to the like i was having blood tests every month and i was like okay this hospital thing isn't that bad and then i just started even taking more pills like oh my back hurts i'm going to take this pill oh my head hurts i'm going to take this pill like i became like comfortable with like i lost my respect towards um that kind of medicine and i abused um I abused it for some time um, and I guess one day mag- something magic happened and I I just googled how, how to heal Graves' disease which is what I had naturally like it hadn't occurred to me in years to do that and then one day I just... Googled and that's when a whole new world opened and I found um I found who was it? Oh um do you know Dan McDonald? The Life Regenerator?
0: Yes, I have seen some of his videos. Not for a while, but yeah, I remember when I was first um looking into raw food too, I saw some of his videos and he's pretty he's pretty uh interesting character. I
1: just there's something about him that just clicked and i watched i watched i would say hundreds of hours of his videos and then like i found the of course the raw food movement and um fully raw christina and this girl called megan elizabeth do you know her yes
0: yeah i've watched her videos too yeah and then like the woodstock food festival and this and so i just went
1: all of this was in one day. Like, I found all this information in one day. I also got the book by Chris Carr called Crazy Sexy Diet. And I just went crazy. I, uh, that same day, I said, that's it. Like, something in me just clicked, and there was no going back. And I just went to my fridge and took everything out, threw it away, went to my pantry, did the same, like basically none of what I was eating was uh, okay you know in this new way of, of living like i couldn 't eat any of it if I wanted to do what these people were suggesting, and these people looked so healthy like I had never seen people looking so healthy in my life, and wow and and um, To think that they weren't eating any animal products and they were still alive, that was like a big shock for me. Like for some reason I didn't know that was possible. You know like not only are they alive, but they are they look so healthy. No one in my reality looks this healthy. So yeah, I just made a huge change and went to the farmers market and loaded up with a ton of boxes. And I started there. I was eating fruit, mostly fruit, for months and salads at night. And in three months, my condition was gone. Completely gone. Wow. Yeah, like the doctor was freaking out. He he just said it was a miracle remission. He he did not want to uh, accept that this had anything to do with. The food that i was eating um i had a ton of tests done he saw that my protein was really high and he couldn't understand uh like everything it was just um and he, he was actually suggesting that i do radiotherapy or radioactive therapy or something like will you take a pill that basically kills everything and you have to be in quarantine something like something crazy and I didn't do any of that, and he was really upset. So, but yeah, that was a really that was that was life changing. And at the time, I was a makeup artist. I was work- working in in fashion, um, and I I was so sick that I had to quit that job as well. But I had already started a blog blogging about makeup and like skincare and a bit about food but it was mostly like traditional homemade food like quiche or whatever I just really enjoyed cooking but it had nothing to do with with healthy food so when when I did this big change I changed my blog as well so I deleted all of the old recipes and all of the I was even doing YouTube um, tutorial makeup tutorials um, All of that. I just deleted all of that and started fresh with like a new blog. And um, after that, what happened? Well, I just started sharing everything that I was learning. And I started um, taking photos of the food that I was making. And I very quickly became good at taking photos of food. And one day I just got a phone call from someone offering me a job as a photographer. You know, so that's how it happened. That's how I kind of started working, doing that. Um, and at first I thought, you know, I, I felt a bit like a bit of an impos- imposter because I, I had no experience really. But I said yes, and I, I was working for like three months, taking photos of uh, hotels in Mallorca, like so interior, which really isn't my forte. Like I'm not very good at it, but I just did it anyway. I was taking photos of restaurants and chefs, um, that kind of thing. Hmm. Um. And then, you know, next thing you know, like Vogue is sending me an email. We want you to work with us. And like all these things were just coming up. I'm like, wow, you know, I'm not really doing that much. I'm just doing what I love. And at the time I was married as well. So I had uh, financial support from my ex-husband. He was working full time. Like, well, he's, he's a freelance, but um, we were also living in a really tiny basement that belonged to my family so we weren't paying rent either you know so I had that time to take care of myself and and explore my creativity so that was uh, like the perfect environment for me and yeah that you know the rest is history like I've just been working with different people and just things just keep coming to me and I'm just flowing with them and I, I it's It's been really interesting to observe that the more I just trust and relax and and enjoy the better and um none of the things that I've done in the past like two or three years I have made happen uh consciously, you know um i would I would say uh, that's been a really big aha. Uh-huh moment for me to understand that um for me anyway the, the the way it works best is is to just focus on creating and um and really enjoying what i'm doing and like this opportunity of being here in iceland with this amazing musician that i um, adore that i've been listening to for years like i could have never made this happen on purpose, if you know what I mean.
0: hmm I feel it as a vibration thing. Um, and like you said, if you are in the vibration of creativity and just doing it for the pure love and you would do it, you know, whether you were getting paid for it or not, um, then people are attracted to that and you, and you put that out, you know, I guess that's that's a very simplified way of putting it and <laughs> it's a very generic way of putting it, but that just is what it is. And you know, we see that happen in our lives again and again and you know, you never lose that sense of um, I guess wonder at the the beautiful web that connects us all to who and what we need to experience. But yeah, that's such a beautiful story it was so nice to hear um all of your journey (laughs) (laughs) there's so much more i could say of course it's so interesting how when someone asks you that question what aspects of the story come through too because there's so many different facets that you can explore about your life but yet and i feel like you say a different thing to eat to um specific people Depending on what yeah. sort of person they are and what they bring out in you, so mm. interesting.
1: Yeah, I feel like that the last two to three years have been really life changing for me, and I would like to explore that more with mm-hmm. you. Um, I just feel like I feel like I've been reborn. Like I, it's like a new life.
0: It's really mm. really fascinating. In what way? Well. I wouldn't say uh,
1: things have shifted externally, but it's more of a inter- in, like an internal shift that has happened, like an awakening, you could say, I guess. Uh, now I just see life from a completely new perspective. And, you know, that feeling of not knowing who you are and not knowing what you're doing here and why are we all here and that kind of thing, that's no longer a thing for me. Like... I just feel so grateful to be alive and I, I just love life so much. Even, even when it's so fucking hard and so painful. I, I've just fallen
0: in love with life. Amazing. But did that, did that realization come in a moment or was it? I guess, a gradual process or was there any moment that kind of initiated that whole um, awakening process? I would say uh, both. <laughs> but I, I think
1: probably probably going through, through a divorce. I went through a divorce two years ago, almost. That was fucking hard. Can I swear? Of course. (laughs) Yeah, that was, like, I was living in this beautiful bubble and then the bubble just burst into a thousand pieces or a million pieces. And, um... And it really humbled me. Um... And, I, I mean, so many things have happened since. Um... But really that, until then I was like very much, I called myself an atheist. Um, I don't even know why, but my, my, uh, my mother's side, my, my family from my mother's side is very religious. And my dad's side of the family is the complete opposite. So my other grandmother was, she used to say she was an atheist. And I thought that was so cool. She was like an anarchist and an atheist, and she just I really liked her. Um, so I kind of took that as my own identity. And, um, I think my other side of my family, who the, the side that was so religious, was they were just so they seemed unhappy and so, um, just, just very uh, what's the opposite of expanded, contracted. Contra- Okay. Yeah, like everything just felt really contracted and like controlling and like, oh, you know? Um, and I, I just refused to learn about the Bible and study religion and all of that. And, and then, so I had a bit of a block, you know, there, like God, all of that, like that wasn't for me, kind of thing. But then when I went through this huge breakup, um, you know I was I I, I got married, married when I was 24 I had no idea that I was going to get married like it just happened and it was beautiful and everything was beautiful but you know at 28 uh, at 28 I got a divorce you know that's, that's something I would never ever ever thought would happen to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so I just, you know what happened? I was in this women's circle that was really great at the time for me. Um, And someone in the circle just sent this email with this video of Marianne Williamson giving a talk, like a one-hour talk. And this is when I was, I actually moved back in with my parents. Uh, I was an absolute mess. Uh, I remember I wasn't eating. Anything I wanted to die. I I there was nothing in me that that wanted to stay here, um, and I was just in bed crying all the time for like two months. But this video, I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this video, and it just some. I think it was she. She had Marianne Williamson had just released this new book called From Tears to Triumph which was all about depression and grief and, and just all of that. And I was like, wow, this is like exactly what I, like it just felt like the perfect timing. So I got, I got that book on Amazon that same day, read it, and that book just changed my life, literally. And then, then I read the other book, A Return to Love, which also was life-changing and I keep it with me whenever possible and I reread it as much as I can because I am still kind of re- retraining my brain uh, because my default is, is to, to be in fear. So I would say that was, the, that was the moment that I would say I felt like an awakening
0: yeah I find that concept so fascinating that you know it's so much in our darkest moments where we really can break through to that other side and really see that light again. It's almost like that polarity when that polarity happens it like just like catapults you into where you need to be or like what you need to shift um course it doesn't happen that way for everyone but I've seen and heard so many stories like that you know in your darkest moments you really come to see the beauty of life and something just radically shifts
1: and and when you're in the mid in in the like in the thick of it it's really hard for you to believe that you are ever going to be happy again that you are ever gonna feel joy Um, but these books really helped me helped me to hold that vision and have faith you know and what a lot of my friends were getting married and getting pregnant and I, I had I felt no joy whatsoever for them and it was so painful to observe and I thought wow I'm gonna am I gonna be like this forever like am I ever gonna feel happy for someone else you know I just felt resentful and jealous and so angry so that was the process in the beginning and I'm only just now coming out the other side of that of life has just shown me in so many different ways in the past few years and and for for all of my life but I just wasn't paying attention you know that that I am being taken care of Completely, that I have nothing to worry about, and that even if things are hard, you know, they're all a blessing and a, a lesson. And like, only now am I really starting to feel happy for others without questioning, oh, you know, w- what about me? Uh, am I ever gonna meet someone? Am I ever gonna be, become a mother? Because I was that was. That was kind of my goal at the time. I, you know, we were trying to get pregnant. Um, so that was my reality. I was just watching water birth videos on YouTube. You know, that was kind of my reality. It's just I was going to become a mother. And, and none of that happened. So I'm still, I'm still you know, um, cho- having to choose love and choose trust every single day. Um, but it, it's getting easier and easier for me.
0: Mm. yeah as you were speaking that something just came to my mind that hasn't really come to my mind ever before but um I just feel like because I've also just come out of a big breakup obviously we weren't married but it was very much just very deep and very strong um and I feel like we go through that mourning process like of a life that would have been yeah like a life that you know, that life that you both were visioning so much, you know, of having children together and sharing a life. And, you know, same with me and my ex, like we had so many visions and so, so much potential to continue to um, be together and you really are mourning the, I guess, yeah, the the loss of that life that's been the hardest
1: part for me is letting go of that thing that 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 life that I was so attached to I was holding so tight to that you know
0: how has it been in terms of um, your relationship with him now well that has been one of the most beautiful parts
1: of the whole the whole experience is, um, like I had no idea that this was possible to have such a beautiful relationship with someone you've been so intimate with, you know, even the, the, I mean, the, the, the the reason I wouldn't say there's one reason why we decided to, um, to end our relationship in that way, that relationship. Uh, but, but I would say it was all done from a place of so much love and respect. And like, for me, it was much harder to accept because I was holding a, a lot tighter, you know, to the whole uh, entity of our relationship and our life together. Um, but deep down, I knew it was the right thing. And I'm still to this day so grateful that he was able to see this before I was and that he was so, so courageous to, to um, take that step. Um, because I would have probably held on to him and our relationship for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the day we... I mean, the whole process was just beautiful. It didn't feel like a, like a, like a breaking, like a... Um, how do you say? It was just more of a letting go. It didn't feel like a like a ripping apart, if you know what I mean. It was still very traumatic and very painful, but um, we just took our time. We did things our way. We kept it really very much a a private thing for months, um, and we just went. We kind of how to say. Um, dissolved uh, our life together slowly there was so much you know when you've been with someone for so long and you're living together there's so many things that that you've built together that suddenly you know what what, you, what do you do with that and not only physical material things but other things so so we we went through the, the whole process very slowly and with so much love and um you know uh, this might be quite private but i'm happy to share that even if if we weren't together anymore we will we were still sleeping together in the same bed and kissing and um you know just mourning the relationship together crying together and just slowly moving through that um it wasn't like oh we're not going to talk anymore and you know we can't touch each other anymore you know it wasn't like that um and and the day that we actually signed our divorce the, the the guy what do you call him like the lawyer or whatever he he was confused he's like why are you divorcing like you love each other so much we were like hugging and like holding hands the whole time and uh even my parents actually were confused like they didn't understand what why we were, why we were breaking up, you know. So I feel like I, I really treasure that. like I wouldn't say I feel proud, but um, I'm just very cr- grateful that that's the way it worked out. Um, and still to this day, we have a really beautiful relationship, and um, I mean there's, I, I couldn't have asked for anything more, you know.
0: Mm. yeah that's such an incredible story i really totally resonate with that and had a pretty similar experience um last year when i separated from um arterium but yeah i i do feel like as you just expressed and as i've experienced too there is that there is a way of um, separating that doesn't have to be so um, intense and painful I mean there is that of course there's a lot of grief um, that you need to move through but when you know you know and you can't keep holding on and I'm sure you experience that too you know you end up suffering if you if you know you need to separate but you're still holding on <laughs> and you just something about your life just doesn't feel um totally right or you don't feel for me personally I didn't feel purposeful. Well I, I did, but I didn't feel like I was on track. I felt like I was um avoiding doing what I needed to do out of fear. So um yeah, a lot radically shifts when you finally make that decision. But it's also yeah. very painful. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. That was the same experience for me. I was, um, I wouldn't say I was that aware of, of the fact that it wasn't working anymore. Like it did work for a long time. Like I have no regrets. Like I've had a few people say to me, you know, but you know, you knew, you knew that you were so different from the beginning. Like this isn't, it wasn't a surprise, like, you know, and I just have no regrets for being with him for for the time we were together because it was perfect during that time. You know, we were both really young, and 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 then we just life happened, and and I moved I moved in one direction, and he was moving in another, and it just wasn't flowing anymore. But I have no. Uh, No question that that it it was meant to happen and that it was perfect. Um, But I definitely see now that I was, in a way, really comfortable with being a wife, you know, um, really safe and definitely avoiding doing things that I knew deep down that I wanted to do. But I um, I was like, you know, this is comfortable. I'm just going to be his wife and you know, I'm doing my thing, but mostly supporting him because he's making good money and, you know, his career is like really taking off right now. So I'm just going to support him while he was like, trying to um, encourage me to do more. It's not like he was uh, reinforcing that, you know, that that I would, how to say, like he was very much wanting me to do my own thing. But I was really comfortable. And the thing that he saw clearly was that if we stayed together, that I wasn't going to do what I wanted to do. Um, and, um, he couldn't have been more right, you know, because that's exactly what I needed was, uh, like a kick in the, in the butt. And, uh, yeah. I feel like, yeah, it was just, it was just perfect timing. And, um, I, I know now I've been really, I've always been interested in astrology and things like that, but in the last few years I've been studying more and, um, studying human design and like so many different things and really understanding what what has happened, why it has happened, what I'm here to learn and everything just makes so much sense. I have no worries, nothing. Like I know exactly why I got married and why we had to separate and I am at peace with all of it.
0: Yeah, I would really love to know what has shifted in your life since um, really coming to that piece with the divorce and understanding that it was an opportunity for you to really do and be all that you were here to do and be. I'm so curious as to how you've really, um, and how and what you've really created since that time that's a good question so i would say the
1: main thing that i've done has been opening up and i'm still in that process but allowing myself to be seen um i think When, when I was going through the grief, grieving process, I was, you know, I spent months, um, keeping everything really, really, really private. And, um, like I started developing my spiritual, spiritual practice. I was, uh, reading and praying every day and, doing meditation retreats, like courses, and just really giving, like I gave myself quite a few months to just be. Um, I honestly couldn't, fu- like I just couldn't function like a normal, normal person. Um, and I'm, I was very lucky that I had that time and space and, you know, someone lent me a house uh, a good friend of mine a couple lent, lent me their house to be um to be in for those months that I, so I could grieve and um I had support and at, during that time like my um my goal for the day was to get showered like clean myself up and eat something that was as far as I would go uh, and sometimes that would be a struggle. Um, wow, just just remembering that is really heartbreaking. Um, and then, I, at one point, I decided that I would set myself like a like a nice challenge of uploading one photo to Instagram every day just to encourage my creativity and you know not so much as like oh, I have to post something just because what I post mostly is my photography and it it encouraged me to do to cook and and you know be creative so that was what I did for like months like that's the only thing that I did and um and then one day I remember I was, I was making a point to go to the beach and walk by the sea every day, be in nature, as a way of uh, healing. Um, instead of staying home for too long, I was like try, you know, making an effort to go out, and even though I was spending like almost all of my time alone, uh, like I would go out and see someone on my walk, and that would be the only person I would talk to like even just see in the whole day, you know. Um, and I remember on one of those days uh, getting back into the car and for some reason I felt like I wanted to share something on Instagram stories. I think that was the first time I I used Instagram stories and I, I said something on showing my face on camera and it felt really uncomfortable, but there was just something in me that I wanted to share, something about what I was going through and that was like the first experience and then I did it the next day and then the next day and maybe the next week and something about that felt really therapeutic for me and again like in a way I I think it opened like a new dialogue like a new how can I say like it just allowed for for others to see me and to connect to me and I feel like a lot of uh beautiful people who were following my page saw like a deeper or they just connected with me in a dip, deeper way and that kind of created a really beautiful bond and so I started like interacting with people every day um through my dms and you know, that that was happening every day and then more and more and more and I just started to feel like a like a part of me just wanting to open up a little bit and share more. And I would say that was that that's been like the main thing that's happened to me has been owning my story. That's been huge. Uh at one point last year I decided to open up about what um like what had really happened. You know, not going into detail, but sharing about going through a divorce, I think, or I felt very lonely um, because like everyone around me was just getting married and having kids and I was, I felt like I was going backwards and I felt like maybe other people were going through a similar situation and could somehow benefit from what I was going through anyway so I so owning my story and sharing more about that and and connecting with people and then sharing like things that have helped me techniques or lifestyle practices things like that like going more into like still doing the food because that's what mainly what I do is sharing about food um, I was also starting to talk about other things like meditation or self-care or, you know, all of the things that I was doing to help myself. Um, so that, was, that felt really good because the food felt really one-dimensional and although I adore it, it felt like what I was going through was so much bigger than that. And that process, like the engagement I've had on my page on Instagram has like skyrocketed. Like now I have conversations with so many people every day and I've, I've created really beautiful bonds with people. Um, so that's been huge for me. Uh, and then I guess with the, the whole, um, Awakening process of like connecting to a higher power and and understanding more about how energy works and how everything works. Um, I things started showing up in my in my reality. Like I got a beautiful book um, deal last year, uh, beginning of last year, which had been a A dream of mine for years to have uh, to write my own cookbook and again that's something that just i didn't try to make happen that just landed in my inbox you know this publisher in the uk said do you want to write a book and um those kind of things and that ended up not not happening i decided not to not to do that in the end but um just things have have been coming to me. And that's what I was saying earlier. And um, there's still a lot more that I want to do that I'm still in fear mode about that I'm you know, not sure. Uh, but I would say the other big thing that I did last last year, which was a, uh, a big step for me, was starting uh, my cozy gatherings, which I've only done one so far, but it was, uh, it was one of those things that felt so right. Um, I, I, had, I had always wanted to do these dinners, dinners in my house for other people, but had never been in a house that was that in a space that supported that vision because of, you know, not having enough space kind of thing. Um, so when I found, I found this beautiful house that was like serendipity. Um, I found this beautiful house or the house found me, however you want to say it. I feel like it was a bit of both. Um, and I just did to, Well, I... Uh, I had this beautiful dinner with this musician friend that I'm working for now um, and some other friends that came and I, it was the first time that I was opening up my house to someone else after the grieving process. Like I, had, I hadn't I had really been with... I hadn't really invited anyone into my house, if you see what I mean. Um, so this was the first time and I just decided to make a big feast and they um, decorated the house beautifully with candles, and like I myself went and, and bought myself a dress. You know, I just made an effort to like, okay, I'm opening up. I'm just going to receive these people, and I'm really nervous, um, but I'm going to do it anyway. And that experience was so magical that it inspired me to do the gatherings so I said okay that's it you know this has been such an amazing experience and I this house feels like wants to have people around so I started in October of last year I just decided to do this and like in less than a week I just put it out there and I had I think it was 10 people um over that had you see you see 10 people that had um, found me through Instagram so the people that came to the gathering I didn't know in person. They just felt really connected to me through Instagram through what I was sharing and they came and we had a beautiful meditation and there was like beautiful um, music uh, and I made a feast a completely 100% like vegan plant-based organic local food dinner um and i have i remember my sister i had my family i don't think many people know this but my family were helping me in the kitchen like my mom my dad and my sister were in the kitchen with me cooking and helping wash dishes and it was very much like a family affair and they were like really supportive and they said they had never seen me so alive um and like i had a smile from ear to ear even when like i was uh, baking aubergines in the in the oven and they burnt so i couldn't use them but still i didn't lose my smile i was so happy and when that evening ended i felt it was a deep feeling of everything is so perfect right now and that was i would say like just pure magic and so i'm i'm doing that again this month i'm i'm starting again because i do it in uh, outdoors and during the winter it was too cold to um to do it so i'm doing that again so that's something that uh i'm really uh excited about and i'm gonna start doing other events i'm gonna be doing a um, cacao ceremony and i know you are really into cacao as well um i'm gonna be doing that in july um like a cacao ceremony with this woman that does them in mallorca and then like a beautiful dinner afterwards and then um in August, I'm going to be hosting another event in my house. So I'm like, I feel like I'm in a moment of uh, opening up. Like, you know, the, the, the metaphor of the, of the butterfly? How do you... Um... What's, what's the... before the butterfly? What's the name? <laughs>
0: um, caterpillar? Yeah. <laughs> Emerging mm-hmm. from the chrysalis?
1: Yes, <laughs> so that's what it feels like right now. And um, like really allowing myself to be seen, like even this conversation, like I feel like I'm talking so much I need to breathe. Um, but <laughs> um, like even doing this feels really good to be uh, talking to you and, and to know that other people are going to, listen to this and be okay with being seen and heard and maybe judged or whatever. Um, it feels like a new, like a new beginning. I don't know. It feels much. And, and, and I know I'm really aware of the impermanence of life. So I'm like really present and really enjoying all the good that is happening right now, and so aware—not not in a pessimistic way—but so aware that this uh, is going to change, and really, really um, savoring this time when I'm just—I—I I have no other responsibility than to take care of myself. Even you know, as much as I would love to be in a really beautiful relationship with someone and have children um I'm still really happy with where I'm at and really like feeling very grateful for having space and time and freedom and 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 all of what I have right now I don't know if that answers your question (laughs) of
0: course it does yeah um yeah you just in in speaking all of that really encouraged me to continue to show up and hold things in in person too because yeah every i've had that similar feeling as you expressed about after you've done that experience just feeling like everything makes sense in your world after you've held something and you know having that just Full, just feeling so full and so lit up through it and afterwards. And I just, yeah, I understand it's something that I need to really keep stepping into also because I feel like it's easier for me to share um, online and in that sort of way. And I have, you know, similar to you, built a community um, of, you know, particularly young women who resonate and um yeah just really really appreciate everything that I share but it's a whole another level to really hold that in person but yet yeah it's something so special that I really also want to keep sticking into what I have
1: observed and even though I am aware of it I don't always remember is that two things first is that if there is an imbalance between consuming information and creating or like input and output, um, like when I'm over consuming information, whether it's online or reading or whatever, and I'm not putting anything out, um, I can really quickly fall into depression and anxiety. So um, yeah, something that, have to keep remembering uh because I have a tendency to consume too much and and um fall into uh seeing what other people are doing and wondering whether I should do this you know oh she's doing this maybe I should do that or I'm not doing enough or and remembering that we're all in different seasons of our lives and actually in different seasons like as we are, you are in, in, in going into winter. And, um, I mean, that's a, a whole other topic, you know, social media and phone addiction and all of that is something that I'm, uh, working through, but definitely the more I create and the less I consume, the happier I am. And also community has been um like i've been very very alone I, I wouldn't say lonely but but alone in the past years like even before i went through my divorce i was i went through a like what i call, what is known as the solar uh what is it called saturn return i i went through a deep process of of depression where I actually didn't leave my house much for about a year. Um, Because I, I, you know, uh, it just had to happen. And and now that I know about astrology, you know, it's actually there. You can see it in my chart that that process had to happen where I kind of had a breakup with my friends, Um, not a dramatic breakup, but just more of a letting go. And I stopped uh, drinking and, Going out, because that's um, that's something that I was doing quite a lot since I was quite young. So, so I feel like I've been in a in a long period of being alone um, most of the time, and now I am. Even though people have been people who love me, have been suggesting that maybe I should go out more and be around people more. It didn't feel like it was something I needed at the time. Um, but it is something that I feel like I, I, uh, I need now. So where I live is, <laughs> I live in a, in a, in a little village um, where I have, I have a, a friend, but she, she's working a lot and we barely see each other. But being here now, I've been here in Iceland for 10 days and I'm around people all the time it feels really healing and really, really beautiful. So that's, that's gonna be interesting to see how I can uh, bring some of this back into my life when I'm back in, in Mallorca. Um, and I just also trust that, you know, I'm going to build a, more of a physical community Uh, without trying too hard you know I like like I was saying earlier I just things just seem to fall into place so I'm just gonna uh, call call it in in a way and um, trust that that's gonna happen um yeah (laughs) I just went on a tangent there
0: (laughs) yeah it's interesting to just kind of witness like those sort of just like subtle turning points where you do feel like you're going in a uphill direction again you do feel open again to sharing more and um, creating more again and yeah I do feel like I'm also coming into that space even though it is <laughs> it is going into winter time but maybe I'm going to yeah I feel like I was in a darker space in summer and now maybe mm. I'm going to come into my <laughs> into my light yeah. through the winter just switch it up a bit <laughs> why not
1: and <laughs> also I feel like I'm just so uh, used to being like up for a few weeks and then down um, lo- not down but like you know so like right now I'm feeling expensive but I might not feel that way in two weeks and that's okay mm-hmm. also as a woman I've been really observing my cycle and how I feel, and wow, it's been like the week before I get my um, I get my cycle or I start my cycle, I feel so depressed and like um, I question my existence and everything that I'm doing. Um, so that's also been interesting. As a yeah. side note. So,
0: I also sorry. feel the same, actually, completely. Yeah. The week before, yeah. it's it's wild. And then sometimes you forget that you yeah. are going to start bleeding <laughs> soon. And, and then you, you're like, what the hell is going on? And it happens like that every month. But, yeah, mine's pretty intense in that way too. And I do also really feel... Like the ovulation time, I do really feel that like confidence and that, you know, like more of that lightness and joy. Yeah. It's interesting That's what you're aware of
1: I remember a few years ago telling my mom I think, that, you know, I was gonna try to plan my my work and, and things around my cycle and try to avoid doing things when I was on my cycle. And apparently it came across as really pretentious and maybe she had her own judgment around it. I don't know. But I it was like, Oh, you know, that's only for people for, uh, that's a very privileged, privileged thing to say. Is that right? Like, you know, not everyone can choose when they work. Like people just have to go to work whether they like it or not. Um, but I just thought, you know if you are able to schedule your work around your cycle then that's like amazing and now I see I'm seeing a lot more conversation around this and I think it's so I just think it's really important
0: mm-hmm. yeah I know that is that is just the common view and like you said I do still feel like for most people in the the kind of spaces that they live and work in that, that would seem very far out and like a privileged thing. But um, yeah, yeah, as you said, I mean, it doesn't even need to be so extreme, you know, as in you have to take five days off work or something like that. But even to just, um, to just be more aware of really what you need in that time and do less if you can or just yeah. take it slower, you know, even those subtle things can really have an impact for sure. Yeah. And like the type of food you eat and the exercise you do in that time or that you don't do in that time, just like really having those like shifts in daily rituals, depending on the time of your cycle. Yeah. Um, on that note, I would really love to hear some of your favorite daily rituals um, and or, you know, any other sort of health tips or types of movement or embodiment or exercise that you like to do. I just really love hearing these. I could talk for hours about this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay.
1: So in terms of movement, a big one for me like I've never been into exercise I actually failed um uh, gy- gymnastics in school because I hated it like I didn't like to be told again I didn't like to be told how to move and what to do and 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 I I uh, I would say exercise um has never been a big part of my life or my family you know so it's something I, I, I would say struggle to motivate myself to move. And the best way that I've found uh, that is joyful is dancing. And, you know, if if, if you see my, my Instagram stories, you'll see me dancing quite a bit. And uh, it's something that just... Not only physically, but it just in every way helps me so much. Uh, It really—I feel like it moves energy when I feel stuck or angry or sad or whatever. I just well, let's say, let's just say, I've uh, music is like a huge part of my life. Sorry, is that me? I don't know. Yeah, that's (laughs) me. I. I, I just have to have music playing all the time. It's just something that I, that I yeah. So I like to have really loud music, any kind of music, uh, especially like African, like Cuban, and like that kind of thing, and just dance away. That's my favorite way of moving. Um, I also really enjoy um, swimming. I'm not a great swimmer, but I enjoy that. Um, I feel like it works the whole body in a really beautiful way. And I feel really exhausted afterwards and I have a really good sleep. Um, and also just walking in nature. Um, actually, that that's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I'm not that into doing workouts and that kind of thing. It, and, and when I do them... I do feel amazing and my body like reacts really fast. I can see like a shift like almost instantly in one workout. Like I can feel my body just tones up. But I, uh, I don't have uh, a desire to, to do that for some reason. So I stick to dancing. I dance every single day um, if I can. Uh, what else do I like to do? Well, in terms of food, I would say, as a general thing, and i 've tried so many different ways of eating because i 'm like i 'm a nerd in this way, I love to experiment, and if I hear of like a, a not like a diet but like ayurveda is now really popular uh, again, and i 've tried that you know, and i 've tried many things and I've been observing and and the thing that works the best for me is just always hydrating, which sounds so simple, but it really, really makes a huge difference. Um, Drinking water, but also making herbal infusions. And in the summer, I'll just make like big jars of like hibiscus tea with dried stevia or lemonade or um green juice is a big one for me um and in the winter if it's really cold i might not feel like having much green juice so i will do more of the infusions like nettle that kind of thing um but if i if if one day like if i up the amount of greens greens that i have um that makes a huge difference for me um so ways in which I would do that would be in green juice, green smoothies. Um, I actually love to make green soups, raw soups in the Vitamix. I just like throw in a ton of spinach and kale, like celery, cucumber, zucchini, maybe some hemp seeds, an um, apple, some lemon juice some salt, a like cumin, something like that. And it's like a really beautiful, thick, creamy soup. I love to do that. And that's inspired by my friend, Dara, Dara Dubinay, who's an amazing chef. I love,
0: also,
1: her. We love her. I love she, her so much. She's great. She's a, yeah. and, and then just huge salads. Like, yeah, not, like even if you eat animal products, if you can increase the amount of greens that you uh, consume, and hydration, for me, that's just a game changer. What else? I've, as a more of a self-care ritual, I really like to have um, tonics using like medicinal mushrooms and adaptogens and, and cacao and things like that. But that's more of a, it feels like more of a, even though it does support my physical body, it feels more of a um, supporting my spirit in some way. Um, okay, well, having hot baths, if you have a, a bathtub, that feels really good in the winter, especially. What else do I like to do? Did you just say like self care practices, like in general?
0: Yeah, I was opening it up to anything that you felt to share. Thank
1: you so much.
0: There is too um, much, isn't there? And different things for different times. Yeah, definitely.
1: Something that I'm really into is always having candles, whether it's winter or summer. I, they just do something for me. Um, burning incense is also amazing and having um, essential oils. Um, but I would say, like, when I'm in the kitchen, I love to make my kitchen feel like a beautiful like i don't know i don't know like a super magical space so i have like salt lamps in the kitchen and candles and incense and i have i'm always listening to music when i make food and i just like to 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 have a really beautiful energy in the kitchen or in the house in general i also really enjoy using prisms, I, I don't know if that's the word, these things that you hang from the window and then the sun um, shines through them and makes beautiful rainbows around the house. Um, <laughs> something I really, really, really enjoy. Mm. That really, yeah. yeah. And also something I've recently been into as a self-care practice, but more like a, something to support me in in all aspects is uh, working with energy in the house and feng shui and just keeping the space clean free of clutter like really just getting rid of everything <laughs> everything just have really like knowing exactly where everything is is huge for me that uh, gives me a lot of and having lots of plants and and fresh flowers feels really good. And I recently, I've actually um, through Dara, she's really really inspiring me to declutter even more and and um, pay attention to Feng Shui and the different um, areas of the house. And a good friend of mine who is an architect and an interior designer, she recently came to visit me. She lives in Paris and she came to stay with me a few days. And she did a home reading for me, which was a first for me. She, uh, she drew like a map, like a, map, uh, like a, a plan or of the house. And she, she just observed the house for a few days. And, and by the end of those like, two or three days, she gave me a reading of the house. I really completely, really in-depth thing, which is so interesting. And she said things like um, the love and relationship area, uh, like love and marriage area of my house was completely abandoned. So I was, uh, I wasn't even using that area of my house. I live in a really big house right now. And I had like unconsciously, forgotten about that area like there was there's a toilet downstairs that corresponds to that area that was so like I hadn't cleaned I hadn't used in months and was really cold and the door was closed and and she said that's interesting it feels like you're not open to love right now Um, if you want that to be something uh, if you want to open yourself to that maybe you should take care of this space in your house and then she went into this other room which I use for storage, which was a mess. And she said, this is the room of travel and friends and support. And you are blocking the door, like totally blocking the door with so much stuff. So you are unconsciously blocking travel and support and friendship. And she just gave me all these little tips of things that I could do. Um, And I did them in a matter of like just a few days. And I kid you not, energy started flowing, like, I took care of the, I mean, nothing has happened in the love department yet, but in the, like, um, the travel room that I emptied out and reorganized, like, in in one day, I got a, a friend of mine, well, this friend offered me to come to Iceland. Um, I got an email from another friend asking how he could support me, which, you know, was like, what? She's like, how can I help you? I'm like, wow. And then this other friend, um, my friend Nitsa, she, she said she was coming from L.A. to stay with me. So I feel like that's something that I'm still observing and, you know, learning about, but it really does work. Like, there's something about it that really is really um, interesting to me. So, yeah, moving energy.
0: I would just, like, as a kind of, um, I guess, well, maybe it's not really like a concluding sort of thing, but I also (laughs) really wanted to um, know more about your relationship towards food and food as medicine. And I would really love to hear um, how you cultivate that and how how it is a self-love practice for you too. Because it's been, I know for so many, especially women, but men too, but um, just their relationship to food and um, and also in turn their relationship to their body and... Mm-hmm. And that whole journey, I, I myself have been through and still going through, you know, a huge process daily with um, self-love and body love and just, yeah, if you could speak to that in any way through your experience um, with food because I, I do really see that and feel that from you, just that, that love of food and of healthy food and of fresh food and nourishing food. And I really do share that. Um, and yet when I see, Oh, I think when I, I tend to not be as focused on that, which is my passion when I'm in spaces of low self-worth or not feeling entirely on track or avoiding things or, something you know and you can just tend to um just really not view food or yourself or your body in in that way that you know is natural to you Mm -hmm. I mean I don't know what sort of question that is but if you could speak to anything about that yeah
1: yeah um so yeah I love that that question um my relationship with food has always been uh great you know I've never had uh, any issues around food and like you know any um it's just always been something that I have loved and really enjoyed as a as a kid um my my both my parents both my parents um worked from home um my uh, they they we we lived in this house that the basement was a printing press so my my father would print books manually with this huge printing press and my mom would be in the room next door uh bookbinding the books and you know we lived a very simple life and we you know very um just that they, they were always there so all the meals we had together and my my dad would cook most of the time and just go to the local shop every day for whatever we needed for lunch um, he he would actually make me my sandwich to go to school every morning and he uh he would make these crazy these crazy sandwiches with like uh, how you, like brown bread with seeds and um like homemade pickled cucumbers and ch- homemade chutney and like Cheese and um, avocado, like, they were so delicious, uh, kind of weird in the sense that all of my other friends were having white square, that, you know, square white soft bread with Nutella or um, pate or something, and mm-hmm. like, um, ham, you know, the um, jamon serrano, you know, the, the dark ham, and I was always like, "Oh my God, I want that! like I was craving the white bread with the fucking nutella like and and my friends would look at my sandwich and be like, "Oh my god, i you know so i was my the, in my house, there was always beautiful, beautiful food that I really enjoyed, really enjoyed, but there was a part of me that as a kid that craved the naughty stuff, and we had um, we had the healthy version of um, like chocolate milk, and we had the healthy version of whatever um, so I never really went crazy with the unhealthy stuff, but it was always a th- something that I flirted with, and when i when i was really small um we had a a vegetable garden as well so we would grow food and in mallorca where in the area where i live there's a lot of like there's a beautiful like microclimate. so we had amazing fruit trees and like avocados and everything and i as a kid i would play in my bedroom I would play pretend that I was a cook. So I would make food with plasticine and um, have plates. And like, I would call my parents because they were home always. I would say, mom, dad, um, food is ready. And they would come upstairs and I would make them eat my pretend food. And and, um, like, they would have to pretend that they really liked my food. So that was like my thing. I had this thing with food that I just loved it, and when I was old enough to get in the kitchen, I started making recipes and like we had this um, thing where we had these recipe cards that I would write my recipes on and I just really enjoyed it and a big a big part of this was we had a, a friend who was Japanese and she would make the most beautiful. Traditional Japanese food, and she taught me how to make it since I was very young, and I just I loved cooking like so so much. And when I when I went to uh, to university in in London, and I had to cook for myself, I found this company called Abel and Cole. And what they did, and this was quite new at the time, they would send you, that was like over 10 years ago, send you, you know, the veggie boxes that they send, um, to your house, like all organic and Mm -hmm.
0: uh,
1: I, I would, I wouldn't make like baked beans with bread. I would make like risottos and like beautiful meals, you know, just for myself. Uh, it was like, for me, it was the best thing ever. And I actually remember one day um, I made a risotto and I, e- I didn't have any white wine. And at the time I was eating kilos of cheese and butter and bacon <laughs> every single day. Um, I just used martini, white martini in my, um, in my risotto that I, that I ate all by myself, like a huge plate. And then I took a little nap before going to class. and um, and I, I think I was a little drunk or something, and I just fell asleep. And, like, and I didn't make it to class, and then it was a big thing with my teacher. And It's just that, for me, food came before anything. Like, you know. So that's something that I've been uh, not seeing now, looking back, that it's always been a thing for me. But I've never I had never made the connection between food and health. I was just eating for pure pleasure. I never questioned what I was eating. I didn't eat organic because I had this thing where, you know, um, I was just aware and then I had been to India and worked with Vandana and all of that. So I was aware and I was, you know, conscious in that way. But I was still not uh, doing it more for environmental reasons. Um, and I had no idea about the impact of animal agriculture in, in, in the environment or any of that back then. Um, but then when I... And, you know, I actually knew that I was intolerant to milk because the doctor had told me. But I was still like, whatever, you know, I don't care. I, I'm just, you know, I was, there was a big disconnect there. Um, and when I, when I changed my diet, when I got sick and I changed my diet, that's when I really saw like, not only theoretically and seeing other people's journeys and how they had been healed with the help of food, but also through my experience, like what I felt when I changed my diet, I have never in my life felt so good I, I actually remember saying that I didn't know it was possible to feel this good. Like I was uh, completely mind blown. Um, so that's when I really started to really understand what was going on and how food is so powerful. And as I said, like I just, I, I made this decision and that was it like there was no going back this became like my life it didn't I it it wasn't something for a long time it wasn't something that I struggled with like I just that's just what I did you know it wasn't difficult for me to choose healthy food every day that's just what I did there was no nothing else in my kitchen so that's just what I did you know what I mean and when when uh, when I heard other people struggling there's, there's stories about struggling to eat healthy and and all of that, for me at the beginning, it was difficult to uh, relate because it was just for me it was just so obvious there is just no, um, no other possible way of eating but and also I remember thinking to myself, you know, now I have this, I feel like I have a superpower, like whatever happens to me in life, I have this tool, which is food is medicine, and I know I'm going to be okay. Like I remember thinking, if I get sick, I know uh, I'll be okay because I, I have this knowledge. If uh, my husband at the time, if he gets sick, I'll be able to help him. If uh, like, I even thought to myself, like, if my parents uh, pass away, it's going to be really difficult and really heartbreaking. But for some reason, I felt like knowing that I had the support of this beautiful food was really, like, felt really empowering and really safe. That's the kind of relationship that I had to, with food uh, when I discovered this whole new world. Um, But then when I was in a dark place, it wasn't that easy to choose love, that kind of love for myself, which is what you were referring to earlier. Um, So even though I would say it is pretty natural for me to gravitate towards this food and that's just become a new reality for me, um, I still, if I'm feeling, low one day then i might not make the best choice and for me that doesn't mean uh eating something that i know doesn't make me feel good but because i just don't have access to that food living in like a little village i I, you know i don't have like shops that i can go to or like uh i can't just go and buy shitty food like a bag of chips or whatever um for me it's more like i won't drink enough water or I'll just forget to eat or, um, you know, I just won't, I won't choose love for myself. Um, and I think that's okay. Um, but I know, I know a lot of people struggle with, with choosing, um, with choosing the healthy option, um, and I think that's because there's a disconnect, um, and uh, I think that's normal—that we all have those those times where we we kind of want to self sabotage ourselves, you know. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, definitely. I definitely, yeah, the last point about the self sabotage, I really do see that as the underlying um, message of it, whether conscious or unconscious. And yeah, I'm the same. I mean, I've been like, I've been so healthy um, with my food for years now that it is just second nature. But yeah, it's even more of those subtle things about even just like having a bit. Too much, even though it is like healthy food, maybe having too much, or you know, strange combinations of food that you know is going to make you feel like <laughs> um, <laughs> your digestion not as smooth, or whatever, and then it gives you an excuse to like lay down instead of having enough energy to, you know, like this this sort of more subtle things that you know, like within. Yeah already having the knowledge and, and the taste also for healthy food and not really mm-hmm. having a desire to have unhealthy things. But, um, yeah, even within that, there's just the varying levels of, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess love within that. It's all It all comes back to self-love, doesn't it? And I think
1: that love is always there, but we just disconnect from it. and like you you might know that there's this thing you need to do or you want to do but you're scared and you know that if you eat really high vibe vibrational foods you're gonna there's gonna be like no hiding so that's for me anyway like I I can tend to like self-medicate with food if you if you know what I mean like I I'll just eat something that I know is going to make me feel really tired so that then I don't have to do whatever I know I should be doing. Yeah. That's something. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, there's just some, something I wanted to say also something that was really big for me when I, when I first started find, you know, uh, learning about all of this, I felt like I said, like I felt like, I was invincible. Invincible? Is that, is that a word? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, like I could do anything. And and my um, my uncle, a few years ago, he got really sick and he got diagnosed with cancer. And I remember feeling, I was so naive and I was like, I remember saying to him, you know you're going to you're not going to die because i have the answer like i was so confident that i could save him because i had the answer i knew i had this all these tools and these things that i knew would help him and I'm, I'm pretty sure they would have helped him if we had known earlier and if he had or if, if oh, this is quite delicate subject but Basically, it just wasn't the right time, and it it just wasn't meant to be. And my information in the the, the thing that I was suggesting was kind of uh, rejected in a way by the, by my family because of what was going on at the time. And so I felt so impotent. Um, so it was really difficult for me to see that I was just uh, not able to help. Um, so that was really humbling for me because at one point I was like, I have the answer to everyone's problems and I can help everyone. And this is the solution. And I was very, very naive. Um, and that really humbled me. And now I'm like this, everyone's, everyone has their own journey and their own path. and not everyone's meant to connect with this you know that uh, and, and I, I don't know if that happened to you but um just feeling like very uh yeah just just a little bit naive about the whole thing
0: definitely there's there's definitely that phase in the beginning where you've you know you're the veil's been lifted, your eyes have opened, and you know you really do feel like, oh my gosh, wow, like I could help so many people, I could just you know like so many people would so benefit from learning all of this, and you know there is a time for that, and obviously some people that you meet obviously do need to hear it, but yeah, I so agree with you in talking about the timeline of of everyone's lives, like we we don't know what people are here to experience um we can't (laughs) we can't seem to understand like or begin to understand um yeah what people are here for and what they're ready to hear and what they're not ready to hear and you know when they're ready to pass on or what sicknesses they you know there's so much more beyond the body of course um in terms of you know like you were exploring a lot in in your astrological chart, you know, so much is possibly, I don't know for sure, but it feels that way written, um, a lot. Yeah. A lot deeper than these bodies. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And, um, yeah, we can, we can never hope to really, um, change anyone. That's not ever really going to happen. Um, and it, on the, on the off chance that you do have a positive impact, then that's beautiful. But yeah, I, I've definitely come into the space of just really just doing me and, um, and then if people want to hear about it or, you know, are open to that, then talking to them about that, but just being really discerning also with who I share that's the, that sort of sacred information about, about health and about, plants and ritual and ceremony and all of this stuff because it's so easy to just overshare when you are excited about it and then kind of realize oh that person didn't really receive that or you know and then you get offended or you feel like you lost a bit of your power or it lost its sacredness a little bit or I don't know this has been coming up for me actually a lot recently (laughs) (laughs) sounds pretty fresh but yeah discernment for sure
1: (laughs) my experience with that has been that i i also i just stopped sharing and i really came to a, a place of deep compassion and love for everyone and not needing people to care about what i care and be in interested in what i'm interested in and you know And I haven't had, like, I've had one person come to me asking for help in four years. And um, that was recently, like, last month. Someone that I really, really love, who's been struggling with his health and his weight for, like, his entire life. And he just recently came to me and said, I need help. And you know, you know, you can feel when someone's, like, had enough and is ready and that's like such a gift for me like I've been helping him for a month, just guiding him and like re reframing the whole idea of weight loss and and health and and all of it and he's um, he's lost like eight or nine kilos um, in a month wow everything like not everything i mean as much as he wants of a certain just eliminating um he's eliminated dairy uh i mean all animal products gluten um like refined sugar he's just eating a lot of vegetables with no oil for now and he's feeling so satisfied he has so much energy. He just said to me the other day that he's never felt this happy and this good, and that he doesn't know what to do with his energy. He's 43 or 44 years old right now. He fits into all the clothes that he didn't use to fit. And it's just so wonderful to see someone else going through that period of like suddenly feeling so good that you don't know what to do with yourself. And, um, it's just, I'm really enjoying, um, observing, um, him and, and sharing his joy, you know, it's so beautiful.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see you doing that more in its organic way, but being more of that yeah. mentor, um. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: maybe. We'll see. <laughs> mm. Well, um, how can people connect with you um and Mm -hmm. with the events you're holding and beautiful photography that you share um and anything else you want to share about what you've got upcoming Mm -hmm. but i think the
1: easiest place would be instagram um which is just let it be cozy is my my username there Uh, that's where i share my photography i haven't been very active lately because i've been here in iceland that I share most of what I share is there. Then I have my blog, which is letitbecozy.com, which again I haven't up like um, updated in a long time. But I am planning on opening up that space not not only for food. I'm going to be sharing recipes there again soon, but also talk about a bit of everything that we've talked about today, uh, especially self care practices and like tools to help to support the healing process in our in our bodies but also uh, emotionally so but I, i'm still trying to figure out how i'm going to do that whether it's going to be written information on the blog or like an ebook or maybe like a podcast maybe because the uh, i was um just not sure about spending too much time on my computer. Like I, uh, I've I've noticed that that doesn't really uh, make me feel good. So finding a, a sweet spot between um, that in that, and also I have a newsletter that I send monthly uh, with like just things that I've discovered in the past month uh, that I think can be very useful for others. Um, And I also create a monthly playlist on Spotify, which is something that I really, really enjoy because music is such a big thing for me, something that I enjoy so much. And I share a lot of the music that I listen to on Instagram and I get so many questions you know what's this song what's this song so i just decided to do a playlist every month um uh, which you can find under my name which is rocio graves maybe you can write that down somewhere
0: um yeah i will write it in the description
1: but, and and then my my portfolio would be rociograves.com that's where my photography is so that's what that's what i'm doing and then i'm doing cozy gatherings if anyone listening is either based in Mallorca or is going to be in Mallorca in the next few months, um, then they can check out my events, Cozy Gatherings, on my website. On letitbecozy.com, there's there's a, a tab for events. And I'm going to be doing a really, really, really special one on probably around the 22nd of August, which I can't say much about yet. But if anyone's going to be in Mallorca around those days, I definitely think you are going to be interested in that. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's that's what's going on in
0: my reality. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so grateful for this conversation. It's opened up a lot of, uh, I don't know, just a lot in me. A lot of, it seems like we've been on very similar paths and I I didn't quite know I mean I'd been following you but I didn't quite know so much about you I don't feel but yet I just had this feeling like I wanted to connect with you more and I'm so happy that I followed that and it's really nice yeah I'm so glad you
1: did I'm so glad I said yes this is like my first time on a on a podcast and it's very exciting I really enjoyed that. I do feel like I've I just rambled for a long time, but I hope that, um, I hope that this can help someone in some way. or, yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. That was so nice. Thank you.